Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. John 8, as we continue our study going through this book, Jesus talking about the importance of light in the believer's life that comes through his word. He continues this as we start off in chapter 8, and he just continues right on through driving this point home. When you walk in light, you don't stumble. When you walk in darkness, you believe a lie. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word, we just ask you now that you would bless this time together and God, that you would touch every person listening by the power of your Holy Spirit. We again thank you for all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Well, let's go chapter eight, verse 30 is where we left off last week. And again, there's an importance in the way we study God's word. Line upon line, Isaiah says, precept upon precept. Now, is it possible to get off doctrinally reading line upon line? Yes, it is. But if you go by the precept, it isn't. And here's why. When you come to something in the Bible and it seems to be unreasonable or it doesn't make sense, there's more to the topic than you know. And so you have to look at the other verses that pertain to it. You'll find oftentimes people will go along even line upon line, and they'll show you as an example at Lazarus' funeral, Jesus wept. See, he was just a man is all he was. They will tell you, trying to mislead you. Well, as you read the entirety of the Bible, we also find Jesus walked on water. We also find that Jesus claimed to be the I am, as we're going to study today. So though a man, but much more than a man, the Bible says God on earth. This is why in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, it says, And he shall be called Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now, the reason why that's important is because looking at everything the Bible has to say about particular topics keeps us in balance, keeps us in the light. And so Jesus continues on. Notice in verse 30, As he spoke these words, many believed in him. What words? Let's go back to verse 24. Therefore, Jesus said, and I say to you that you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. You will die in your sins. Wow. Now, he said this primarily to the religious leaders of the day who thought by their meticulous lifestyle, it would be good enough to get them into heaven. And so Jesus tells them, I tell you, if you, if you don't believe, you're going to die in your sins. Well, the Bible here tells us many believed in verse 30. This was a mixed group of people. There were regular people. There were people from the temple. And because of that, Jesus' message hit people in different ways. Some people will hear the message of the gospel and it will be the fragrance of life. And so will you. And others, the Bible says, you're going to be the stench of death. And so will you. Here's why. You bring a message. How it hits a heart 
is between them and God. You're just the messenger. Always remember that. Don't take it personal. Always remember God's got his purpose for our lives. Well, in verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. This is very important because it tells us in this crowd, there was Jews or those from the temple who believed in him. So understanding that you never know how the gospel is going to hit people. Some people, they're going to go, yeah, right on. And other people are going to go, ooh, run away. This, we don't want to hear this. Well, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide or live in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you live in my word, it's a good place to be. Why? God's word doesn't change. Society changes, fads come and go, but God's word never changes. So you can always rest in that. The second thing you'll find in abiding in Christ is there's freedom in Jesus. Why? Because you no longer have the ability to be manipulated. Do you know how the world manipulates each other to do whatever it is they want to do? Why do you think the media does what it does? Why do you think the movies do what they do? It's part of that, that they will dictate to you what to believe. But when you live in the word of God, his truth doesn't change. You have a rock for your salvation. You have a rock for who you are. Verse 32, Jesus goes on and even exemplifies this and says, and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Wow. That is such good news. You're free in Christ today. Now, see, there's always going to be those that try to get their claws back into you again. You know, it's funny. Paul, the apostle, went around evangelizing the known world in those days. We remember that Peter was sent to the, to the, uh, to the Jews, but Paul was sent to the Gentiles. It's amazing. So in Paul's writing to the Galatians, he writes, he says, you, in chapter 3, have begun in the Spirit. Why do you think you're going to be made perfect in the flesh? And there were those that were trying to drag people back under the law again to get their salvation. Remember, God is what makes you and me good. There is nothing that you or I will ever do that will make us right. Only our salvation comes from God. First of all, that's freedom, friends. <sighs> Going to heaven ain't me. It's him. Isn't that good news? Because if it's you going to heaven, if it's your goodness, how do you know you've been good enough? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I thought I dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. I've had people, I've asked, I said, if you die today, would you go to heaven? And they say, well, I've done the best I can. My question is, if you get to heaven and you didn't get it right, what are you going to do then? Turn the thermostat up a few more degrees. And please step below. Well, the point is, we don't go to heaven because we're good. We go to heaven because the Bible says we're clothed in his righteousness. We wrap God's love, what he did for us on the cross around us. That's what makes you and me holy. And by the way, that's what makes us fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Now you say, why is that important? Very important. Because in Christ... Nobody's better than one another. Isn't that good? Now, I'm not for the mindless masses of, 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 of eternity. But the truth of the matter is, we all go to heaven because of one reason. 
what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, the only thing that would change a little bit is how we've yielded our life to Christ and your reward that's going to be in heaven. Do you know everybody is determining right now what position they're going to hold in eternity forever? So it's not too late to change. If you don't like the road you're on, you can get off of it. But here's the point. The Bible says some will be rewarded with a few crowns, some with many crowns. Now, you may not care about crowns. If I just get to heaven by the skin of my teeth, I'll be happy. Well, you probably will be. But here's the thing to remember. You may not care about crowns today, but you will be then, and you'll be so glad you're getting some. Why is that? Because it demonstrates God's love in your life that freed you up enough to let go of the things of the world so you could be about your daddy's business. So really, even our crowns reflect our love for God. It isn't ourself in generating our own righteousness because then some people could go around and say, well, I'm, better, I'm not as bad as you, but I'm better than you because, see, I don't do what you do. Well, we talked about that. James chapter 2. If you want to zoom back in on that, you can write that down for a little... But it talks about partiality. Uh, James is warning, saying some people view one sin greater than another sin. To God, it's all sin. The good news is, it's all forgivable. So, what does he tell us then? You know the truth, it'll make you free. Wow. This is speaking of a freedom inside, not having to be a performer. Then they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, by the mere statement shows how much in darkness they really were. And by the way, friends, if you learn to be, if you don't get anything else out of this today, get God's word that Jesus is good and we're not. But get this, if you're a good listener, if you're talking to somebody, they will tell you everything that's wrong with them. You just listen. Again, two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as much as we speak, okay? Now, Jesus just got done telling him that the truth would make them free. They answered, we are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been in bondage to anyone. What? They were in bondage to the Babylonian Empire. Nebuchadnezzar came in, smashed the city of, and the nation of Judah. Uh, 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 the Assyrian Empire uh, conquered the northern ten tribes of Israel. From there, they went into bondage into... And before that, they were in bondage in Egypt. And after... Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, they were in bondage. And at the very moment they're saying this, this, friends, if you want to know how blind darkness makes a person, they were in bondage to Rome when they made this remark. I keep calling. I keep getting a busy signal. Well, here's why. You say, (laughs) he said here, we have never been in bondage to anyone. And yet, they're under Roman tyranny. You see, this is the problem with sin. Sin always blinds us to the fact of our true condition. Always remember, and this is why sin is, in the Bible, 
a type of leprosy. You'll, you'll see leprosy um, correlated with sin oftentimes. And here's why. If you ever see the Ben-Hur movies, uh, and, and now they have a new one out and everything. But you remember, if you remember the original, they had these lepers and their fingers were chewed off and all these kinds of weird things. And you go, ah, you know, look like a Halloween thing or something. Well, the reason why leprosy deadens your nerves. So you could pick up a hot cup of coffee, not know it's burning your fingers off. That's what leprosy does. It's a disease of the central nervous system. And what it does, it deadens your nerve endings. So a mouse, a rat could come up, chew on your fingers. You wouldn't even know it. That's what leprosy does. But that's what sin does too. You look at people who are alcoholics and and they don't realize that their drinking is killing them. But the problem is sin has a numbing effect. You don't know the true condition you're in when you're in sin. They could not discern that they were in bondage while they were saying they weren't in bondage, which is so incredible. And then they said, and you say, we will be made free. Jesus answered that most surely I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Several years ago, Bob Dylan wrote a song. He said, got to serve somebody. But it's true. Whoever you serve, that's who you're a servant to. You serve sin, that's your Lord. You serve God, that's your Lord. And so he says, most surely I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. In other words, there's a fatal ending for those who are in that world where Christ is not God. But he said, a son abides forever. By the way, we all do live forever. The Bible says for some it's eternal life with him. For, for some it's eternal death being separated God forever. So he says, verse 36, therefore, whenever you find therefore, remember, it's a summary of what you just read. Pretty easy. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. Wow. How many times does the world offer us something to make us free, when in reality, it only brings us further into bondage? Well, that's the way the world works. Verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen my father, what what I've seen with my father, and you do what you've seen in your father. And by the way, that's true, friends. You will do what you see people do. You ever notice how kids do that? Kids don't even know why they do what they do. But if they say, see you scratch your arm, They'll start scratching their arm. Why? I don't know. He did it. Um, That's just the way kids are. It's the way people are. Years ago, they were overhauling Blue Lakes Boulevard, which it needs again. And I remember there was bumper stickers that had come out. I'm I'm a Blue Lakes Street barrel racer. Some of you, if you've lived in Twin Falls for more than 20 years, you probably remember it. And they had all the barrels down. And I was with my friend. And we were driving down Blue Lakes. And he could see what was going on. He says, 
Watch this. And he's driving and he goes around one barrel and goes right back out where he was. He goes, look behind. Every single car behind us went around that barrel just exactly the same way. No one knew why, but you just follow the leader. You copy what you see. The question today, where's your focus? What are you looking at? If you look at Jesus, we'll be more like him because we learn by observation. Yes, we're born again in the spirit. And for many people, that's as far as a relationship with Christ goes. They're born again, but there's something, something they don't learn from their parent. We copy what we see. The more you put yourself in Jesus, in what you see in your life, the more we'll, first of all, desire to be like him, and the more we will be like him. He's saying, I do what I see my father doing, Jesus said. You're doing what you see your father doing, and that's why I know your father's not Abraham, but literally, as we're going to see here, the devil. And they answered him and said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. You didn't see Abraham plotting to kill people that didn't agree with him. You do the deeds of your father. Well, at this point, they are frustrated. Now, learn, because this is what happens oftentimes, especially in family situations. Every single thing that they brought up to Jesus, Jesus was able to combat with the word. In other words, we're not in bondage to anyone, and yet they're under Roman control. Uh, You can see their frustration growing. Now remember, when their frustration grows, you'll see a change. No longer flaunting themselves, and no longer... um, Uh, trying in some way to to generate their own spirituality. But what you see here is now it goes to a dark personal attack. Then they said to Jesus, we were not born of fornication. We were, we have one father, God. They, They cloaked their wickedness with God stuff, you know. Now, this is normal, friends. This, so know this when it happens so you're not rattled by it. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. His time had come. He was going to be offered up as the sacrifice for us. Jesus sends his disciples into a town in front of them to go get them a motel room for the night. They came back to Jesus and said, Jesus, no one would give us a room. And then the sons of thunder, and now you know why they're called that, looked at Jesus and said, now, you've got to remember, Jesus had just spent three years with his disciples, teaching them to love one another, to, to all those things. They're on their way to Jerusalem. He's on, the way, he's on his way to die. He's, on, he's ready to turn the ministry of his life over to his disciples. And the sons of thunder look at Jesus and said, Father... They said, Jesus, shall we 
call fire down from heaven and burn them up? Because they couldn't get a motel room? Don't you know this warmed Jesus' heart? It's like I could just see Jesus going, (coughs) No, you don't burn people up because the motel room is sold out. You don't do that. Bad PR. Don't know how juries are going to look at that today. The point is, simply, is that they weren't listening. It's possible to be around Jesus, but not know Jesus. And, but the rest of the story, I've got to finish it. Shall we call fire down from heaven and consume them like Elijah did? You know, if you're going to do something wicked, you always better wrap it in a good religious package. Like Elijah did. Yeah, that, that makes it spiritual. Don't you think so? Yeah, I think it's spiritual. Let's burn them up like Elijah did. Boy, that makes us feel really good. Look what they do. Then they said to Jesus, We are not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. In other words, we're going to make fun of your birth and our Father's God. Never let somebody's false religious spirit hurt you in your ministry. It's out there. They're going to, well, I go to church every Sunday. Don't tell me, honey, about Jesus. Remember, they're going to cloak what they do with religious garb, but it's still as dark as ever. So even though they can quote a verse to you and maybe put you under condemnation, don't let them get away with it. See, that's why Jesus said when you know his word, when you live and abide in his word, it'll set you free. So then he goes on and he says, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God, nor do I have come of myself, but he who sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And desires of your father you want to do. By the way, that was to kill Jesus. He was a murderer from the beginning, does not stand in the truth, because no truth is in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now here is what's important, friends. You have to, when you when you shine for Jesus, when you witness for Jesus, there is going to be attacks. Again, some will say, "Really, tell me more." Others are going to go, eh, and they're going to start doing their thing. Well, you know, I believe all paths lead to God. I, I, I'm a good person. I was baptized when I was a baby. I, you know, they're going to wrap it in some kind of religious package. But notice what he says here. He was a liar and a liar from the beginning. Realize what you're fighting. The battle of the invisible empires. They're demonic spirits that go out trying to stop you and me and us from doing what we do for God. And this is just the way they work. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store. 
or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.